Welcome back to the Hill Podcast. And so this is the time that we talked about. It's going to be a little bit different on season three. Um, instead of interviewing children that are in the grieving process, because I felt like that was a little bit too uh, exploiting and personal because they don't have all of their cognitive functions yet. And uh, their social emotional development is still evolving we wanted to get a take still from an adolescent perspective on the grief podcast that we have been listening to. And so my son has joined our team as a, my production assistant. Hello, Hello. my Hello, name is Maverick. Hello, Maverick. And so we're going to talk through some of the things that he heard and that uh, we talked about with Wendy. And if you'll recall, Wendy uh, was with her little brother as a child when she um, was there when he passed away by a tragic accident. So just again, I want to say thank you so much to Wendy for um, that was brave, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a hard thing to talk through. And um, that took a lot. Uh, we appreciate Wendy so, so much. So, Maverick, as we were listening to Wendy's story, you were in the room with us. And what are some of the things that like stood out to you when when we were listening to her grief story? Well, I heard uh, I heard a couple of these words. I heard grief, mourning, and bereavement, and I was wondering how those are different and how those are similar and if they're like the same things. Well, they're not the same thing, but th- that's a really good question. And, you know, that's something that gets confused a lot. And you're right. Those words do get interchanged quite a bit. I'm going to give you like the short answer and right. then I'll go into a little bit more and ask questions as we go through it. Okay. All right. Okay. So grief is the, um, best described as like the internal emotion that happens when there is loss. So it's the person's internal reaction. And then mourning is the external reaction And so like, that's what happens with the crying. And some people can be grieving and you never see it on the outside. But mourning is the um, everything from the really, really hard. uh, Do you remember like when, when we've had family members die and people have that like guttural, it's almost like a scream cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the death cry, and that's a that's grief just like exploding out of their body. And bereavement is something completely different. Bereavement is uh, the time frame that someone is missing their loss. It's like the period of time immediately following the loss and how long they express their grief and mourning actually it's how long they experience their grief because that's the inner and how long they express the mourning and so uh just grief is internal mourning is external and bereavement is the period where you are you can be bereaved for years for years in fact um some uh psychologists don't step in and diagnose someone with depression after grief until it's been two years because two years of bereavement is is not atypical it's difficult but it's not atypical yeah go ahead um so mourning is basically the expression of grief right right okay that makes sense well and let me give can now i can give you like the little bit more deep 
Um, so with grief, it comes, people will say uh, that grief comes in stages. So there was a lady named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who, even though she didn't do any scientific studies, she gave language, well, not a longitudinal scientific study, she gave language to how people were feeling with the five, like, most common stages of grief, and those include denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance, and here's the thing, people don't usually move through those grief stages in order Hmm. there's uh like you could be in denial one day and uh, like this isn't happening this can't be happening and then move into anger and know that it really is happening while you're making the arrangements for your family or while you're signing the divorce papers you're experiencing a loss so you are angry but you're also like the next morning you like might be like this isn't really happening. So you can go back into denial. So, so like you could, so just cause you, you could, you aren't really ever done with a stage necessarily until you get the acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, and the thing is people, um, a lot of times will work only on their grief But there's actually a lot of proof that talks about how mourning is actually almost pivotal to people being able to move through their pain. Um, So, for example, there's tasks of mourning. So, like, the first task of mourning is to accept the reality of the loss so to really like say okay i know that this person is gone now that seems like okay you went to the funeral you know they're dead right yeah no it took seven years maverick for me to accept uncle josh's loss because I first went to someone that said, you know, you've got to take care of your kids. You got to put this in a box and put it up on the shelf and deal with what's going on with your kids. So I didn't move out of that acceptance piece for a long, long time. And even though I like knew that he had died in my brain, I didn't, I didn't accept the death. You haven't processed processed it yet right right so i just totally sat in grief and didn't start the first task of mourning so if if you can remember like stages of grief tasks of mourning because it's actually a movement through and so task two of the mourning process is to process your grief and pain and then when you move to task three it's to adjust to the world without your deceased so like when you were born even i hadn't moved into task two now i have moved into task two i don't know that um you know I don't know that you can say that I'll ever stop grieving my brother like I miss him, but I don't have I don't have the internal feelings of depression or uh, anger, but I do accept that the loss is there. I don't really have an alternative, but 
So like you may be in the grief stage of acceptance, but then you're in stage four, or I'm sorry, task four of the morning, which is finding the way to remember the uh, person that you lost uh, while embarking on like the rest of your life journey. And those tasks, um, as you move through them, man, they're difficult, but uh, they take as long as they take too. Yeah. Okay, so um, is missing someone the same as grieving someone? Okay, that's interesting. Um, I think what, what I could say to that is depends on the level. So, like, if you miss your sister because she lives in D.C., you don't grieve her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could grieve your sixth grade year of school and your seventh grade year of school that COVID took. Like, you could grieve that. It could internally upset you. Oh, okay. But you might not mourn that because it wasn't a person. Or you could, you know, we see kids right now struggling with huge amounts of anxiety. If you dig a little deeper, you might find that that's them mourning something that they lost in, uh, in during COVID. That 14, 13 year old age, 15. And even like your brother's age, who's 19, they lost their senior year to COVID. And so they might grieve that. They might be like, well, and at first I think they were like, we're not going to let it happen. We're not going to let it bother us. They have that denial. But grief can come to so many different things. It doesn't have to be death. And you can see that manifest itself in different people in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I also have another question. Okay. So um, you said that you came to terms with your brother's death and you've accepted it, but you still miss him. So what does true true acceptance look like? So with acceptance, it's saying, you know, um, I I will take, I, I accept that, uh, that he's gone. I can start taking the next step forward. Um, it's not because there's a piece in grief where you start bargaining. And when I say it took me seven years to move through that first task of mourning, it's because I would circle through all the grief steps and I would be like, Oh yeah, Josh is gone. But then I would go back to like, but God, if you could just, I would do anything to have him back. Or why didn't you take me? And, and it would recycle. But once I could mourn and I, and I had to get a therapist to do this once I could, she's what helped me move through the morning, the tasks of mourning. And so, yeah, missing him now and acceptance. I mean, I got there in the first task of morning but for grief i mean it really took like processing the pain and then uh trying um they call it meaning making and i really needed to make meaning of my brother's passing and and that's what i mean even right now i'm still meaning making that's why i'm working on the center for uh, joshua center for, to help uh, children and adolescents process grief loss and trauma i'm still trying to make something good come from josh's death and that's not a futile uh i mean josh is gone 
and he's going to stay gone. Yes. He's dead. So the only thing I can do to, you know, bring meaning of it is to work in something in his honor now and not stay stuck in the past. Because if I don't go through all the tasks of mourning and they take as long as they take, it's fast for some people and it's very, very slow for other people. In fact, there's lots of factors that can, that can attribute to that. There's lots of them. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, uh, so, um, but acceptance, um, so what is it like, can you like accept that they're gone and then move on and then like have another level of acceptance? Like, are there certain levels of acceptance, I guess? No, that's good. Uh, so with grief, you hit the stage of acceptance and you might one day like, okay, I can move on and then feel like, here's what, here's what I'll tell you. When your sister graduated from high school, when your brother graduated from high school, uh, when you were born, when, um, when you were baptized, those were like things that were very important to our family. And even though I had accepted that uncle Josh was gone, I still felt angry that he couldn't be there. Oh, that makes sense. So when people say, Oh, I'll spend the rest of my life missing him. I have gone all the way through the tasks of mourning, like really allowing outward expression of sadness, of anger, of denial, and getting those from the inside where they were grief and it was stuck inside out and expressing it has helped me to then find ways to remember Uncle Josh and embark on the rest of my life journey. And and that's task number four. So even now... Uh, 17 years later, I'm still finishing. What happened was I had what, what is called delayed grief. So seven years of not grieving uncle Josh led to, um, like physiological issues. I gained a lot of weight, uh, led to, um, psychological issues led to, uh, phobia, um, I've, I developed a weird fear of losing you guys and like a weird fear of uh, like you guys being in anything high. Um, it, it, it's, it's, but see, in working through the morning tasks, that's past and that's no longer part of part of who I am. The phobias. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another question that I have is that, um, so say someone just lost someone special to them, uh, yeah. would they go through the stages of grief or would they go through the tasks of mourning or does it, do they overlap? Yeah. So that whole time period where they're working through all of them is your bereavement period. So they can be doing both at the same time. You could be working through all of the grief stages on the inside, but not working through the tasks of mourning and these tasks of mourning will come back and like demand your attention. And that's, that's really difficult that they, when they come back and demand um, like to be seen 
and to because it, it all ties together with the grieving. So people say the uh, scientists say the first task of grieving is to come with full face to face reality that like the people that you loved or if you're just talking about one person is dead, the person is gone and they will not return. And that loss of like, that's the acceptance. But in, in mourning, you have to also accept that the loss is real. So um, when you are trained to be a grief counselor or grief therapist and you interact with someone who has lost someone, they tell you be very uh, forthright with what you're saying. So you say, Rachel, your brother is dead. I'm sorry your brother is dead. Not using soft language like passed away or gone to heaven or for children, not saying that they're sleeping. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I heard uh, someone at a funeral say, yeah, your dad's gone. It's like he's sleeping for a long time. So uh, just walk that out with me a little bit. You're smart, Cookie. If I say, if you're, how old was the kid approximately that they said it to? I like seven okay so if i say to you if if you tell a seven-year-old that this person is sleeping then what um happened like how could that be dangerous well uh because everyone in their family has to sleep at some point so what if like what if their brother or what if their mother doesn't wake up yeah and that's what they're thinking. What if my brother or mother doesn't wake up? Yeah, that's my what it could lead to because yeah. of what that one person said to them. Yeah. So just being honest with children. Now, we talked about grief and mourning as related to, in general, people. There's more people that are older than are younger that lose people, for sure. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about children... There's some very specific ways that you are cautious to let them express or to bring out, uh, for example, the anger, to create a safe space for that. Uh, Because what happens when a child is angry and pitches a fit in general? What do you see adults do when that happens? They usually get mad. They get mad. Frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So creating that space, um, whether it's a punching bag or a scream room or um, a pillow, a pillow, exactly. Or um, even something where uh, when you can feel it coming because grief comes in waves. Mourning is more of an active participant task. Whereas grief comes in waves that you can't control. So if I have some way to indicate to you as a child, hey, Maverick, I'm going down. I need to get, I need you to get me out of here. Even if it's like um, before when I've worked with kiddos that have had anger issues, uh, going to soccer cards and using a red card. If they give the red card, the anger's coming. If it's the blue card, I'm so sad, I can't breathe. Like, help me and giving them something tangible to work with um is super helpful yeah because sometimes emotions can be hard to put into words for kids yeah yeah exactly exactly well does that give you a little more insight into uh 
grief, loss, and bereavement? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So one thing I think would be helpful is inside each of the tasks of mourning and inside each of the uh, stages of grief are a little more detailed in um, how they're laid out and how people work through them. Um, Maybe that's something we can talk about in another episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for that question, Mav. Thank you for uh, all of your help. As always, we would love for you to share this with anybody who's working with children or adults that are experiencing grief, loss, or trauma. It's really, really um, difficult to know when you're in the middle of it what's going on, but um, we're going to do the four tasks of mourning and the five stages of grief in future episodes just to kind of help lay those out. The tasks of mourning uh, were super helpful to me in not finding closure because I'm going to spend the rest of my life missing my dad and brother. They were far too uh, important to me and deeply loved um, to both of us, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to spend the rest of your life missing your papa and oh, wishing yeah. he was here. But that's not a, that's not an acceptance and that's not moving forward. That is you can still move forward and and really mourn your grandpa. So we'll work on those um our next episodes uh, have to do with a really incredible dynamic. Um it is two daughters and a grandmother who lost their mother that is in the middle of them so it was uh the grandmother's daughter and the two daughters mother and the the daughters lost their uh mother in uh early adolescence and grandmother raised them and it is a uh, riveting and touching uh, story and um we are so excited that they would be willing to share it. So um, that is going to be a great time for Ashley, Shelby, and Mamal to feel heard, important, and loved, but also um, just an incredible dynamic. And we, we hope that it can bring you peace uh, when you listen to it too. As always, we're grateful that you join us. Please like and share this. And Always, we read our feedback. So if there's something you want to hear about in relationship to grief, loss, mourning, bereavement, we're happy to uh, bring that to you. We're so grateful for you, and um, we will see you, or you can hear us next week.